Welcome to Inside the Woods, a Valley News podcast about Dartmouth football. I'm your host, Seth Tao. Keep up with our episodes every week on anchor.fm, on our website, vnews.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Seth Tao, and follow the Valley News Sports Desk on Twitter at sports underscore VN, and on Instagram at Valley News Sports. Hey everyone, so this is episode two of Inside the Woods, our episode leading up to Dartmouth's season opener at Valparaiso. I have an interview with fifth-year safety Nico Mermigus later in the show, so be sure to stick around for that. The season preview episode was a different format than I'll normally use, with a longer interview with head coach Buddy Tevens. The interviews will run a little bit shorter than that going forward. For most weeks, the show will be split into a few segments. We'll do an opening segment recapping Dartmouth's last game and previewing the upcoming game. Then we'll do an interview with a player, a coach, or someone else interesting associated with Dartmouth football. And then I'll take a look around the rest of the Ivy League and discuss any general notes about Dartmouth that may have been left out of the first segment. For this episode, since this is the first week of the Ivy League, I'm going to combine the first and third segments into one, as I'm the all-powerful executive producer with the capability of making that decision. So to start, let's take a look at Valpo, Dartmouth's opponent on Saturday. I chatted with Paul Oren from the Times of Northwest Indiana, who's writing the game story for us this week, and he gave us some insight about the Beacons. Valpo is 0-2 and has not looked good in its first two games. They got smashed last week in a bye game against North Dakota State, 64-0, and they lost their opener against Indiana Wesleyan, 28-10. This will be Valpo's home opener. Their quarterback is named Taron Berry. He's a junior who transferred to Valpo from Weber State. The Beacons love his talent, but he got off to a rough start by throwing four interceptions in the opener. He didn't make the trip to North Dakota State with a shoulder injury, but he's set to return against Dartmouth. Between the poor start for the Weber State transfer and the injury, Valpo has already played four quarterbacks in the first two weeks. Not ideal. The Beacons running back Robert Washington is another guy worth keeping an eye out for. He was the Pioneer Conference Player of the Year during, pre, during the spring season, and he, was the, and he was the conference's preseason player of the year as well. But he too has had a rough start to the season. He's rushed for just 24 yards on 21 carries in the first two games. The Beacons are expecting a lot more from him this season. They're going to need a lot more from him if they're going to beat Dartmouth. Some other players on Valpo to keep an eye out for include defensive back Keon Turner, wide receiver Ali Reese, and tight end Connor Hebler, who transferred from Wake Forest. Oren told me that the Beacons need to find their offensive identity and get into a rhythm more than they did in the first two games. Dartmouth is looking to extend some streaks here this week. They've won 10 straight season openers and 16 straight non-conference games. You just know everyone in the program is just chomping at the bit to get back out there. It's still pretty unknown how some of the newer faces will fare for Dartmouth in actual game action and how, if any, of the effects of missing the last season will play out on the field. Be sure to check out my piece in the Friday Valley News that sets the scene with some of the names you may see on Saturdays for Dartmouth this year. And there are some new faces there. They have some returning guys, returning starters with experience in a few spots, but whether it's 
upperclassmen who didn't get much serious playing time in 2019, or whether it's underclassmen who are entering their first season of college football, there's going to be some new faces on the field for Dartmouth this year. Now, you can imagine that the rest of the Ivy League is just as excited to get back out on the field Saturday as Dartmouth is. Yale opens at home against Holy Cross at noon. Princeton plays on the road at Lehigh at noon as well. Brown will host Rhode Island at 12.30, all on Saturday, of course. Harvard is playing at Georgetown at 12.30. Columbia is hosting Marist at 1. Cornell will also open at home against VMI at 2. And Penn opens on the road against Bucknell at 6. Princeton was picked atop the Ivy League preseason poll, followed by Yale, and then Dartmouth. The rest of the rankings in order after Dartmouth are Harvard, Penn, Brown, Columbia, and Cornell. Now, the part you've all been waiting for. Here's my interview with Nico Mermigus. Okay, so for today's interview section for the Inside the Woods podcast, we're joined by fifth-year safety Nico Mermigus. Nico, how you doing? Good, Seth. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. First off, just how's prep gone for the Valpo game? Where do you feel like the team is at heading into the first game? Uh, I think prep is going well. Uh, this week has been a return to normalcy for a lot of us, you know, in terms of getting back to a, a normal game prep. So to me, it feels like we're, we're picking off where 2019 ended uh, that last week against Brown. It feels like we're just preparing for, for any other game. The week has went well. Uh, but, you know, we're at the point where we've been practicing for, for you know, extended period of time. And I think everyone's just really excited and juiced to uh, get a game under our belts. How do you think preseason camp went after all that time away? Uh, all things considered, I think camp went really well. Um, you know, one of the things we were worried about is it was getting everyone back on campus with uh, obviously a new class of freshmen and uh, a newer class of, of sophomores. So I think one thing we were worried about was it was what the team culture and chemistry would kind of be like. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of conversations with Coach T about this and, you know, it went, you know, flawlessly. Um, there's really good chemistry amongst the team. You know, the guys love each other. I think part of that is just, you know, having a new appreciation for, for football, you know, once it had left uh, during COVID. And, you know, for a lot of guys, we weren't sure if we were going to play again or not, especially the fifth years. Uh, so I think everybody has, has come into camp with, uh, with a new appreciation for, for what we do and for the people around us, which has which really helped the team chemistry. Was it kind of a memorable moment for you when you learned that you would be able to take a fifth year and come back to the team? Yeah, that was uh... – that was, that was pretty special for me. Um, it was the first time in my three years of college where I wasn't sure, you know, what was going to happen for the, for the better part of that time. I've always had a good idea of, you know, I'm going to be on this term, I'm going to be off this term and then I'll be back for the season. And, you know, when the 2020 season had gotten canceled, I was, I was, uh, flustered, uh, to say the least. Um, so I didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh, but, you know, Coach T had given me a call and said, you know, you're going to be able to rework your, your D plan and, and get back for the fall. And, you know, I was like, OK, great. I got to I'll think about it and see what's going on. And Coach Mack called me, Coach McCorkle, and said, uh, you think about taking a fifth year. And, and the first thing that came to my mind was was 2019. And, you know, the last moments I had with the guys in 2019 was was at Brown and, and winning an Ivy League title. And, you know, that was the first thing that went through my head and I, it was a no brainer to coach McCorkle's question. I was like, absolutely. Let's do it again. So yeah, it was, it was, 
it was a lot at the time, uh, but it was it was quickly solved, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. So, how much are you looking forward to finally putting on the Dartmouth uniform for a, for a game day again? Yeah, I mean, it, there's <laughs> there's not really uh, words for it right now. Um, a lot of emotions, a lot of excitement. You know, sometimes a little bit of worry. I haven't played football in you know the better part of two years. You know, which is worrisome, but the, the the emotions are definitely high right now. I'm 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 grateful. Uh, I'm excited, and you know I'm excited for for the rest of the younger guys that are you know finally going to be playing some of their first games of college football. So there's there's a lot of emotions going on, but they're all good ones for sure. What do you think that moment will be like on Saturday when you all run out on the field for the first time? I you know I think the uh, I think the first couple minutes are going to be you know like is this a dream is this happening right now but um, you know I think once we get into pregame and and do our drills and in the first you know the first place snapped I think it's going to be back to business you know like riding a bike um, back to what it used to be uh, so I think it'll be it'll a little bit different early on but you know I think uh, football is is you know exactly like what I said you know riding a bike so we just got to get the first snap in and I think it'll be uh, back to normal so for you personally how are you feeling going into the season uh good you know we talked about spencer brown and my body feels great for (laughs) for being one of the older guys on the team um you know i get a lot of flack for that being one of the oldest guys on the team but i I feel good uh you know mentally sharp you know i've had five years of the playbook under my belt which is great i feel great going into it i'm i'm excited for for what we can achieve. And, and, you know, I'm more excited for the young guys who are, you know, starting their, their first steps as Dartmouth football players. You referenced before the talking about Spencer Brown, that check out that feature in the Saturday Valley news or on our website, but Nico, you know, without giving anything away too deep into the game plan, obviously, what are a couple of things fans should watch for on Saturday? And I guess who are a couple of players that fans should watch for? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be, yeah, I'll be careful what I say, you know, offensively, I think Derek Kyler is a, a pretty electric guy to watch at the quarterback position. Um, he makes really good decisions with the football. Uh, his football IQ is pretty unbelievable. You know, I like watching Derek a lot. You know, when I'm on the sidelines, he's, uh, he's an artisan at the quarterback position and I, and I enjoy watching him. Uh, Robbie Mangus is another good one to watch and Jake Woodone on the offensive line. Defensively, I think, you know, fans are going to get, you know, what they always get with Dartmouth football defense is, you know, flying around in, in high energy. There's going to be a lot of new faces, but I think a lot of people that are, are going to be surprised for, for what happens. Uh, Seth Walter is, is a name to throw out there. He's, he's somebody to watch. He's number 11. Tanner Cross at the linebacker position, uh, another good guy to watch. And, and I think the secondary, um, you know, has some experienced guys. Uh, which are, you know, which should be exciting for all of us. You were talking about Derek Kyler before. What are your battles like with him in in practice and in scrimmages? Yeah, I, I, I actually really enjoy camp because that's really the only time I get to go against Derek consistently. Um, Once we get into the season, it's against the scout team. And Derek is, is so smart with the football and in his decisions that it's almost frustrating sometimes um, and you know, his locker is a, is across from the DBs. So, you know, the banter back and forth before and after practice is, is pretty hilarious. You know, my four years thus far practicing at Dartmouth, I've only intercepted Derek once. And, you know, before we go into every preseason, he tells me it's not going to happen again. It's never going to happen again. And it hasn't. 
but it's good because you know he's he's one of the top guys in the Ivy League, and practicing against him is 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 very valuable. Uh, you know, it's rewarding for me, and I hope it's rewarding for him. Also, we give him really good looks. But he is like him, his ability to make decisions with the ball. He rarely makes mistakes. So it's 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 been a pleasure getting to practice with him when we came in as freshmen together. So it's been great. We're talking with Nico Mermigas, Dartmouth fifth year safety. I want to talk about you a bit now, you know, get to know you a little bit. So what are three things people should know about you? Uh, three things people should know. About. I have three sisters, all older. I'm the youngest of, of uh, three girls. Uh, in the free time, I like working on cars with my dad. That's something I value a lot. What else? I finally made it to six foot on the roster. I, <laughs> I was five foot, 10 and three quarters for the first two years of college. And I finally got to six foot. That was pretty big for me this, <laughs> this off season. So that's another thing to keep your eyes out for. If you're on the website roster, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Was there some playful teasing about your height going on before? Yeah, there is. And I think I'm getting it worse now more than ever. I've, I've been asked multiple times to go next to the measuring tape in the locker room. And that that's been pretty persistent this preseason. Yeah, that, the height, the height thing, man. That would, that's been going on for like three or three years at least. <laughs> so a momentous occasion for you to get over the six yeah, foot that mark. Was, yeah, a lot of special things have happened with you know for myself at Dartmouth. That was that was you know top of the list right now. That was pretty. That was pretty. <laughs> awesome. What's your pregame routine like? Do you have a ritual at all before games? No, I don't. I I I, I don't really have any. Uh, uh, rituals that, you know, I think are super important. Um, I just wake up, eat breakfast. I'd say for most of the pregame, I'm pretty quiet. Uh, you know, I'm listening to music. Um, and then, you know, once, once we go out for stretch and come back in, I take my headphones off and we're talk to the guys, see what everyone's thinking about, uh, going over coverages and in, in, in plays we're thinking about with, with the, uh, other guys in the defensive backfield, but it's pretty, Pretty standard pregame. Are you a superstitious guy at all? Any any fun superstitions? Not really. No, I uh, I always go in and take a knee in the the opposing end zone um, when we run out. Uh, I do my cross, and that's pretty much it. I th- you know I think everything happens for a reason. I'm not superstitious. I do believe in you know knocking on wood. Uh, I've been doing that a lot lately. I found myself doing that one a lot. Uh, but no, not super super superstitious. So you're from Wexford, PA, right outside of Pittsburgh. Are you a Pittsburgh sports fan? I am. I, uh, I like the Steelers a lot. That's, that's my team. But I'm actually a Red Sox uh, fan when it comes to baseball. I don't, I don't like the, the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, manage, management and, and ownership as much. It's a beautiful ballpark in Pittsburgh. But uh, Steelers and Penguins for sure, and then Red Sox for baseball. Did you grow up a Red Sox fan or was that kind of adopted when you came up to Dartmouth? It, it actually, it was adopted when I came up to Dartmouth. I, you know, when we were driving up my freshman year, we actually stopped in Boston. My, my whole family was with me and we saw um, a Yankees Red Sox game actually. And that had, uh, that had kind of sparked it for me. And then, you know, later on freshman year, we ended up playing uh, in Fenway, um, you know, which was, which was awesome. I think Fenway's a, a great place. I went to a couple games this summer. Um, you know, so yeah, definitely, definitely started, you know, around my freshman year. What was that experience like getting to play at Fenway? It's like, it's hard to describe to people, right? Cause you know, when you are actually playing, you're, you're kind of blocking out everything else, but 
you know, getting, getting changed in the locker rooms was, was crazy. And, you know, walking next to the big green monster, uh, you know, and it dwarfing you in size was, was pretty cool. And then also, you know, it kind of happened at, at Yankee stadium too. the, the Dartmouth faithful and, and Dartmouth alumni travel really well. And, and, you know, they really appreciate um, games like, you know, the ones we had at Fenway or, or Yankee stadium. And that's other, you know, kind of lasting memory I had from that was, was the camaraderie and, and everyone kind of uh, getting behind Dartmouth, all the alumni, um, you know, that was, that was pretty special for me. And that's when I kind of started to understand what, what it means to, to go here and, and be an alumnus. So as a Pittsburgh slash Red Sox fan, I guess, who, who are some of your sports heroes growing up? And then as you got, grew up and got more serious about football, are there any safeties you like watching and try to model your game after? Yeah. So, uh, Troy Palomalu, uh, definitely. He actually, um, goes to my church in, in Pittsburgh. So there've been multiple times where we've been in the back of church. Um, and you know, I kind of just sit there and listen to him. He's legitimately an unbelievable person, uh, extremely humble, um, very soft-spoken and, you know, he got to, it was, it was almost out of a dream, right? I get to sit down next to, you know, one of the greatest safeties of all time in church of all places and, and, you know, listen, listen to him, tell me about the game and, you know, what I should be looking for going to college. Um, it was, so I, I started to model my stuff after him a little bit. Um, Eric Weddle, uh, from a long time Ravens player and, you know, then went to the chargers. Um, I think he was a great player, similar, similar size as me. Um, also humble. Um, I like, I like watching him. Um, but yeah, Troy, Troy has made a pretty big impact on my life. And, you know, I was, I was very grateful to have spent some time with him. How many times did you get to meet Troy Polamalu? Like, it, it sounds like, you know, it was just, you were talking about that one specific time, but, you know, for him to have had such an impact, was it just the one time or was it several well, times? Yeah, I, I got to see him in church uh, most Sundays, right? And this was, uh, you know, post his retirement. Um, so he would be there with his kids. And, you know, I got to see him a couple of times. And, you know, he was he was nice enough to, to talk to everybody. And, you know, I think the other thing that, you know, is great about church, he's, he was just another churchgoer. He was another parishioner, right? And, you know, people treated him as such, um, you know, and it was great. I got to talk to him probably like, three or four times, just, you know, see how he was doing. It's not always about football, but, you know, when I was getting recruited, he, uh, you know, he had given me advice about, you know, you know, what kind of camps I should be going to and, and what I should be looking out for. Um, so it was, it was, you know, most Sundays I got to see him talked about football a, a handful of times. What's been your favorite moment from your Dartmouth football career? Uh, it's hard to, hard to top winning that Ivy league title. Um, but my freshman year had some had some crazy games. That Holy Cross game in 2017 was was insane. And I wasn't even playing then. I was just on the sidelines. And it was like that has stuck with me for a really long time, the uh, that Holy Cross game. But also the Miracle Cambridge was just one of those things where you don't really remember much, but you remember, you know, the euphoria of it. You remember how happy you were. And, you know, I don't remember much up until – the, the last play and I was sitting on the sidelines, you know, on my hands and knees and I saw Derek throw it up in the air and he caught it and coach McCorkle turned around and looked at all of us and he goes, did we just win the game? And all we saw was just everyone taking off, uh, you know, uh, up, up, up to the uh, end zone, um, which was uh, 
couldn't even can't put it into words. And there's so many Dartmouth fans. It was it was really unbelievable. That's probably that might be my favorite moment. Maybe you know winning the title. Also, they're they're in a close competition with each other. Okay, so last question, and it may be a little bit of a loaded one for you. So just keep that in mind. Uh, come November, when the season ends, what do you want your Dartmouth football legacy to look like? Yeah, that that is loaded. Um, I think something I I, I really learned uh, coming to college and playing a college sport is you know putting yourself aside for the betterment of others in your team. And I think high school sports are a little bit different, right? Because you know a lot of kids come up here who were the best at their high school or or who were the guys in high school, and you're not anymore, right? You can't. You come up here and there are really really good football players and. I think for me, I, I want my legacy to be known as somebody that that wanted the best for not only the young guys, but but the team. And I think I've done a, a pretty good job doing that thus far. Um, but I think, you know, when it when it does come to an end, uh, you know, just being my time here, being remembered as somebody who wanted the, the best for the team and the best for the guys that were on the team. And uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. All right, that was Nico Mermigas, Dartmouth fifth-year safety. Nico, thanks so much for your time and looking forward to seeing you out on the field. Thanks for having me, Seth. Appreciate it. You've reached the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you enjoyed listening to Inside the Woods. Keep up with our episodes weekly and be sure to check out the Valley News every day or our website, vnews.com, for more Dartmouth football and Upper Valley sports content. Talk to you next time.